Hey there. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Chances are you've heard of Montessori as a style of learning, but how much do you really know about it? I've heard it's a philosophy that's embraced by many early learning centres, but then it seems to disappear in mainstream public education. So I'm curious. I've invited Camilla Escom into the studio. She's a Montessori educator at Baron Joey Montessori School, and she's worked with a great range of ages with children. So she's got a unique perspective on this. Hi, Camilla. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm going to start with the hardest question, I think, for a Montessori educator. If you could describe the Montessori approach in a nutshell, (laughs) say it's to someone that you've just met in the street and they've asked you what you do and they haven't heard of Montessori before, what would you, how would you describe it? Sure, sure. It's like the million dollar question at the moment. (laughs) Like, how do you condense Montessori into one sentence? Um, Look, Montessori is a child-centred educational approach based on scientific observations of children from birth through to adulthood. Um, And it's, it's really the thing that I liked so much about it was how closely linked to science it was, and that it was a developmental framework that was based on Dr. Maria Montessori observing children in the field, in the classrooms. And so she believed in something that we call a prepared environment in working with um, materials that are developmentally appropriate for each age group. And she did a lot of experimentation and uh, found that typically younger children gravitated to certain materials and older children gravitated to others. And that's essentially what has put together our developmental framework today. And in my very uninformed uh, understanding of Montessori, would you say that um, that idea of play-based learning is a big part of what you do? Most definitely. So in Montessori, uh, we worked in mixed age groups. And so we only ever lose one third of the class at any one time. And so um, the practitioner can really work with those three-year-olds, giving them individual lessons, and then step back and allow the children to make choices from there based on how they're feeling on the day, what their strengths and weaknesses are and what they need to learn. Now, based on our observations, we can then see what the children are avoiding as well and we can really help to gently um, guide them through that place based on their interests, based on their strengths, so that really does become a holistic form of education that doesn't just focus on academics but also looks at the spiritual and the social side of the human being as well. So what would a a day look like for a Montessori student, let's sure. say a three-year-old? Let's yeah. start with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, three-year-olds, 
I mean, when a lot of people come into the environments, they say, wow, it's like a sacred space. You know, it's like this humming, creative, connected um, environment, like a little microcosm of everything that's great about humanity. Um, So a little three-year-old would come in. They may not have a lot of um, practice in choosing a work for themselves. So then the guide, the Montessori guide might come over and, um, you know, say to them, would you like to choose this or that? So that then the child is still practicing to make a choice but only out of two choices now because sometimes looking at lots of materials on a shelf can be even overwhelming for a child if there's a choice of four there. So then typically they're taking works off the shelf, they're taking them to a table, they're working with them for as long as they like. So they have um, three hours of uninterrupted work time. So if that three-year-old wants to work on cutting for you know, half an hour, an hour, then the Montessori guide is going to let them do that because that child is fulfilling their own unique developmental plan at that time. And there is what we would call a sensitive period occurring in that child, which mainstream call windows of opportunity that Dr. Montessori realized occurring in human beings over 100 years ago, um, that where that child has that sensitive period for cutting. And and this, so the, the, the skills in cutting of cutting the paper, but also strengthening the fingers for the pencil that's going to be held later on with writing. And what that child is practicing, is practicing concentration, practicing getting into their flow, practicing trusting their choice and their decision and how long they want to work with something. And then often once the child has finished working with that, then they'll pack that work away, put it back on the shelf. Then they might go over to the snack table and have a chit chat with someone else because of course the social element is so important as well. They might go for a cuddle with the Montessori guide because it's just it's very overwhelming, you know, being a little three-year-old and all this expectation. They might go and sit next to a five-year-old who's working with the decimal system and just watch addition into the thousands going on next to them. They may lay down on a mat and roll around for a little while because they might need to do that. They might go outside, have a little run around. Um, you know, they might come back, work on a puzzle map of Oceania then. that they're, It's how we teach geography, just in puzzle forms of taking taking the pieces out, putting them back in, might do a bit of drawing, a bit of art, really whatever um, tickles their fancy on that day. And the observa- the guide is observing that child the whole time to see what are, what are he and she choosing um, and what are they not choosing and what lessons do we need to give again or what le- next lessons can we offer based on the mastery of uh, the lessons that have been It seems to me that Montessori is really about letting children be children Mm. in a way that it sometimes feels like our primary school education doesn't Mm. um, when you go into mainstream. I'm I'm wondering if you've observed early childhood centres kind of being more open to a Montessori approach. They might not be uh, guides or trained educators like yourself, but they have heard of these approaches, these ways of being with children and embraced it, um, possibly based on the national quality framework that mm. has been rolled out now. Mm. And then they transitioned to primary school. And I distinctly remember my daughter going from a center which had a similar approach. And when she went to primary school, I was really sad because I was like, oh, now you have to sit down and mm. learn how to read at this particular time. Mm. And then you're going to have to 
you know, and then you've only got this amount of time to play outside. Yeah. Have yeah. you observed that in the the children that you've seen around you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why um, our school in particular and sort of most pure Montessori schools are really committed to providing, um, you know, continuity there so that we can really offer families um, who want to carry on the opportunity to go on. Um, because you're right, Montessori and mainstream are fundamentally different. And I think the mainstream are recognising that they want to make some changes, but really quite a big overhaul is needed. And in fact, you you know, the revolution in education does exist and it really is, it's Montessori. It's where all the neuroscience is pointing us to and really the government just needs to pick it up and run with it. So I think depending on the purity of the Montessori setting or the childcare setting that you've chosen will depend on how committed you are to staying on with Montessori later on. Um, if you just sort of chose the school because it's in the local area and don't have much involvement with it, then you're probably more likely to just go on into the mainstream without questions. Um, but if you've really thought long and hard about it and chosen one a sorry start, but then can't go on to the mainstream, well, then that becomes an issue because the tragedy here is that um, you know, Montessori should be available to every child and family who wants it, not just to those who can afford it. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Camilla Escom. She's a Montessori educator known as Guides within the system of Montessori schools. She teaches at Baron Joey Montessori School, and we're talking about the philosophy behind it and also what it might look like moving from early, an early learning setting to a primary school setting. Um, Camilla, I do think that that's where people start to get a little bit concerned or confused about Montessori. Um, it, once they a child moves into primary school, mm. what are the differences, say, in kindy and year one in a Montessori school to a mainstream primary school? Mm, sure. Look, first of all, I don't think a lot of parents even realise that Montessori is a full developmental framework, sort of going up into high school even. Um, it, you know, it's a great joke around our community that Montessori is like one of the best kept secrets, you know, which is just a tragedy because a lot of us parents, certainly I did, we just stumbled across it um, and then we think this is absolutely amazing you know why isn't this everywhere this is fantastic so um, look I guess the fun uh, there are many differences um, we really um, view the children as whole already and and already coming to us with everything that they need in order to succeed and thrive in this world and what our task is is to help each individual child connect with their own potential through activities that we're offering them and through everyday interactions so that they're practicing um, and working towards independence, working towards self-discipline, um, really being in charge of their learning. But of course, that is very much guided by the Montessori professional in the room. Um, it takes a long while before the child can just you know, go off willy-nilly, choose what they like. Certainly they can choose what they like from the lessons that they've been given because the guide can see that the child it will have success with those or that those skills will lead them to the next things. Um, but they have freedom of choice, um, freedom to move around in the environment. There's no assigned seating. Um, they, uh, we have a friendliness with error, so we love mistakes. You know, there's a real spirit of <laughs> self Celebration when mistakes are made because it really helps us to see how close or how far we are away from, from our goals. 
Yeah, the children are learning at their own pace. We have an individualised curriculum for each child. I mean, I've been working in Montessori for so long now that I just don't see how any other way could work. And if a child needs more time on um, looking at reading and writing, then they can have as much time as they need before they've mastered that skill and moved on. Now, this is where the multi-age group really helps us because, yes, even if your child might be you know, trying really hard in this one aspect and not moving on like his or her peers are, well, he's still observing and being in the environment with peers that are doing that. So he that's informing your child about where they're going to next. Um, it's, it's a collaborative environment. It's not competitive. The respect works both ways, so from the child to the teacher, but also from the teacher or the guide back to the child. So it really it really squashes that hierarchy and helps the children to see that the adults really are allies. Can a child, let's say a child's gone through kindy and year one in a Montessori school and then their family moves and Mm -hmm. they can't access a Montessori school Mm -hmm. and they have to go into the mainstream, is that adjustment a difficult one? Um, Look, it's um, any, like with any transition, transitions always prove challenging. Uh, what, What the feedback is, is that the children learn about bells. So they're not used to bells. <laughs> yeah. um, they're all sort of quite arbitrary, you know, um, what the challenges are. Um, the, I mean, a challenge is that they can't call the teacher by their first name or that there's a very different relationship to learning, that the children in the classes are learning more for a test or doing whatever needs to be done as they're told by the teacher, rather than this love of learning, you know, where the children can go as far and as broad as they like, which they're used to. Things like um, having the day split up into periods of time, whereas before they could spend as long as they needed to on a specific task before they moved on. But, But what we find is that Montessori kids very quickly learn to play the game and understand what is expected of them. And then really... Sometimes there is a little bit of a sadness there from the child once they realise, oh, you know, I, I wanted, I was really interested in this aspect of what the teacher was telling us. However, there wasn't time to go into that or, you know, examples like that happen, happen a lot. Um, so it's still definitely worth doing starting that way <laughs> and giving your child that opportunity because even if you can only give them two or three years, it's very foundational and that will set your child up beautifully for to become a lifelong learner. And you just have to make sure you're doing it in the home then. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, just before I let you go, what are some of the ways we can help our children embrace this style of learning in our homes if we can't have them in a school. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Montessori is a state of mind and you don't need a lot of money to do it. And we have such great access to um, through email, internet, websites and things um, about, you know, how we can do Montessori, what materials we can get in the classroom. Um, I would suggest going to local Montessori schools, observing there first if you haven't had that experience, just to see what's possible. Um, And then put your name down on their um, web on their email list so that you'll be invited to parent nights where professionals talk at least once a term about Montessori theory and that can really help in um, guide you um, in the home. Um, I have a Facebook page, Montessori in the Home, um, where I provide lots of articles and I hope it's a great 
tool for parents to use as a support. Um, but basically just, you know, calm down, enjoy your children, trust in their developmental framework, be present with them and, uh, you know, help them to do life, that there is as much dignity in learning how to cook and how to clean um, as there is in learning all the academics, that the two are actually simultaneously occurring. That's brilliant. Um, and also, of course, you at the moment have a course that's running. Can you tell us a bit about that? We do. Thank you. Yes. The um, Association Montessori Internationale, or AMI, um, which is the foundation that Dr. Montessori herself set up um, many years ago, is the um, purest form of Montessori. And we um, have a training course happening in Australia for under threes um, in August. And so we are um, providing information evenings and we would like to extend an invitation to anyone who would like to come along to hear about the course. Um, so um, the Australian branch of AMI is ACMS and they're the Teacher Training Centre for Montessori and a registered training organisation. Um, and we have two amazing trainers that are giving the course to Australian trainers that are currently overseas at the moment, spreading the Montessori vibe over there. <laughs> um, and um, you'll learn about um, specific Montessori theory, how to prepare environments. There's a little bit of sewing involved, Ooh. but um, <laughs> there's a lot of help with that. <laughs> there's um, brain development. We delve a lot into brain development for the under threes child, which was the aspect that I was most interested in. We deal in obstetrics and diet, um, the importance of observation and the needs of the child um, under three. So practically speaking, um, what that means is we're offering five blocks of about two to three weeks in total, Monday to Friday, nine till four, with 250 hours of observation and teaching sort of in there as well. Brilliant. Camilla, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That was Camilla Eskimm. She's a Montessori educator at Baron Joey Montessori School. And they have an um, amazing course that they're offering for people um, if they'd like to learn more about the Montessori approach and philosophy for under three. So you're learning about children three and under. There's a whole lot of information you can get from that. It's happening in Sydney in lots of different locations. We'll pop links up on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. Do you love Kindling Conversation? Make your voice heard and vote for it at the Australian Podcast Awards. Head to kindling.com.au slash vote. But do it soon, because voting closes April 1st. (laughs) 